folks you know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune because it's time for another week of the rec poker podcast i'm your host chris jones five by five in the home game and at five by five b5 on twitter uh filling in for our regular host jim reed who is still in vegas um tonight we're talking poker strategy as part of the forums edition uh, but before we uh, get into that i have to start by thanking our sponsors the running aces hotel racetrack and casino Most of what we do is free. We're a largely volunteer-based organization, so we depend on support from our sponsors and from our premium members who take part in our training material and study opportunities for only $15 a month. That's less than 50 cents a day. Um, But that's not all. Uh, In this month of December, if you uh, take part in our Naughty or Nice sale, you can get your first month of rec poker for only a dollar. Uh, just enter the code NICE at checkout and it should reduce that cost to a dollar and uh, see what all the th- fuss is about uh, with uh, some of the all the opportunities we've got uh, for our premium members. Um, so I'm taking over the host duties tonight, but I am just one of the many Wrecking Crew members on the team that make the magic happen. Another one of our wizards joining us tonight is Rob Washam. And Rob, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50 just about everywhere. We're also joined by one of our premium members, uh, Bob Franklin. Howdy, yeah. howdy. Thanks for joining us, Bob. We're, we're happy to have you here. We're always happy when uh, some of our premium members join us as well on these. And that's one of the benefits of premium membership is you get to join these uh, live recordings of the strategy episodes. So last week, we talked about a hand that Eric Anderson played uh, where he had uh, Ace of Clubs, Jack of Clubs on the button. Um, it kind of, you know, went uh, different lots of different ways we we talked about some different approaches in that hand if you didn't hear the episode go back and listen to it um but we're going to follow up on this uh with a little bit of a different uh approach this week um because i felt like this was a hand that really uh complemented last week's hand really well this is from an inside the mind of the pro episode that jao Vieira played in 2021 we'll put the link to the episode in the show notes um, but I think it's a perfect hand to talk about our approach. And I, I, this hand was one that I learned a ton from in terms of my approach and the kinds of things we want to be thinking about when we're in both uh, multi-way spots, the kinds of hands we want our opponents to have in terms of their bluffs and how we approach these kinds of spots on the river. So um, in this hand, we have a stack of about 100 big blinds. Uh, we're at a World Series of Poker uh, event. This is a, I believe it's a 5K, 8 max um, WSOP event, which is going to be one of the, that's like one of the hardest ones you could possibly pick to enter into because usually the lower buy-ins draw more of the recreational players um, and the, or you need to get into like the 10 Ks where there's going to be sort of more like, Oh, it's the main event. And I'm going to, but that kind of five K level is going to be just rotten with really good players. So you, uh, you, you don't make that your first WSOP adventure, but 
anyway, we're in this uh, field. Um, we're in uh, kind of midway through day one of this tournament. We've built up a stack. We're about 100 big blinds deep. The average stack of the table is about 60 big blinds. And we have an effective stack in this hand of 60 big blinds. So the under the gun player opens to about 2.5 big blinds and it folds to us on the button and we are holding ace of clubs, queen of clubs, which we elect to flat. And I think he talked in the video, sometimes you might raise this, sometimes you might call with this, but he liked it being suited and on the button. Um, and, you know, he said it'd be a mix, but in this case he, he elected to flat. And I think you can probably justify either approach there. Uh, but of course, the worst case scenario happens for him, which is why sometimes we don't always want to flat with this hand. Uh, and that is that the small blind and the big blind call as well. So we end up going four ways to a flop um, with a very strong holding, but a vulnerable holding and one that we can get us into a lot of trouble uh, four ways in this kind of situation. Um, so any any thoughts there before I get into post-flop some of the conversation here one of the things i look at in that spot i think with ace queen offsuit i'd more like a three there i would probably almost never call with ace queen offsuit there keeping in mind that the under the gun player is going to be very um a lot tighter his range is going to be a lot tighter and ace-queen offsuit does not play as well as ace-queen suited does. So ace-queen suited, you kind of say, oh, I can see a flop with this. Whereas ace-queen offsuit, I want to know right now where I'm at. Right. And right. I want to, if I can get a fold, that's great. I'll take that all day long. And if he calls or goes over the top, it's an easy uh, fold if he goes over the top. And then we just see what happens on the flop if he calls. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that a lot. I, I would never flat with ace queen offsuit. And I think with the ace queen suited, I'm more like a flat, but I'm 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 usually kind of mixing between some kind of randomization or some kind of suited pattern where sometimes I'm raising with these as well. Um, but we do we do go here, and I think this is the kind of flop um that demonstrates the playability of this hand. Um, even if we didn't flop top pair, which we do in this situation. When we even hit one club on a board, um, our hand, as when it's suited like this, just is so much more playable. And that's what makes makes the suited varieties more playable because it gives us more options. It gives us more turns and river, well, especially turns that open up a ton of equity and a ton of options for us as we approach them. Um, But anyway, in this specific holding or specific hand, the flop is the ace of spades, the nine of diamonds, and the six of clubs. Um, so we've hit top pair. Uh, we have a backdoor uh, flush draw. It's a pretty dang good flop for us, except for the fact that we're four ways in this pot. And that is not the best in the world. Um, it checks to the under the gun player, the original opener, and into a pot of about 10 big blinds, they bet four big blinds. So about 40% pot. Um, and I think we could potentially consider, uh, sometimes raising here, but I, I think I prefer the call line, which is what Zhao does, um, simply because this is so 
there's so many dynamics in play in a multi-way hand and we can get ourselves into it. We have a nice holding here, but it's not one that maybe we can withstand a raise or multiple raises behind us. Um, so if we just elect to call here, I think it's, it's a much, it's a, we, we'll know what to do much more uh, as this hand progresses. Um, so uh, Jao elects to call. And I think that's what I would be doing 90% of the time in this situation. Uh, talk me out of it. If you disagree. <laughs> Well, I don't disagree. I, I think it's a call. Um, yeah. the, pro, the the fact that you have the small blind and the big blind, yep. um, they they have a lot of that sixes and nines in their range. They're, yep. they're in there with their seven eights and, yep. and yep. ten eights and things like that. So they have a lot, they have a lot more equity um, than, I guess what I'm saying, they have a lot more equity that if we go ahead and raise and then they come along now we now we've inflated this pot with top pair yep. and not even top kicker yep. so um yeah i i think a call is is in line here and i just want to mention that the under the gun bets four big blinds which is like 40% of the pot which is a little higher than normally you would play in an out of position yep. situation usually you would you would go quarter pot yeah, or something like that. Let, let's point that out too. This is already this is already an under the gun opener who has elected to bet into four players, to see bet into four players right. at a 40% clip. That is a <clears throat> already a very strong move. That's already right. like more more strength than it than if this was just a heads up situation. This is like because you know, I don't think they're doing this if they're opening like ace 10 suited right i don't know that they're necessarily doing this with that uh um, i think if you raise here you really put yourself in a difficult spot because if either one of the, if any of these people come over the top of you and jam now you're forced to make a decision yep. that you probably don't want to make i yep. mean yeah I, yeah so i i really like the call here i think this is a spot where uh some players might get themselves into trouble but I think this is a it's a spot we almost universally want to call. And what we don't necessarily want to see is the small blind call as well, which is what happens. Um, now, if the small blind, uh, I happen to know from watching this this whole series, the small blind is not like a, a, a it, there are some players where I'd be happy for them to come along and call. Like, I'm like, oh, great. The call, the player who likes to call everything has come along and called here. Uh, great, but I think that that this player in this small blind is an accomplished player. There's somebody who, when they make this call, um, alarm bells should start to be going off for us. And so I want you to picture that kind of player in the small blind. Um, and then the big blind folds. So we have three players uh, going to a turn. Uh, the pot is now 22 big blinds. Um, and the turn is the five of clubs, um, which, uh, so our board is ace of spades, nine of clubs, six of clubs, five of clubs. Uh, in some ways, we love this turn. It has opened up our, um, our, our flush draw. Our nut flush draw is now available to us. Um, and that's a really great development, especially on an unpaired board. We can have the absolute stone nuts by the river. Um, but 
Uh, Rob, you mentioned a hand like 7-8. Well, 7-8 just got there, uh, as did already, if there's any kind of weird sets out there, like sixes and fives and nines and those are all possible in our opponent's ranges as are by the way ace nine ace six ace five there's a lot of things out there that um that aren't aren't our favorite things in the world um and so this i think this is also very interesting so the small blind checks the under the gun original opener player checks and it's on us uh we've got um ace queen with the ace uh with uh two clubs um and i would say that our opponents are about if i'm doing the math correctly they're about 50 big blinds. we're about 50 big but we've got a huge stack but we're about 50 big blinds effective here um with a pot of 22 uh what's your play here man I, I almost kind of like a bet here. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that the small blind and the under the gun player both checked on this, what seems like an inconsequential five. Yep. Right. I mean, it does seven, eight gets there being pocket fives gets there. I don't know what else gets there with this card. Nothing really. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah. So I like, I think you could, you could definitely yeah. bet here because you do have um, the redraw to the to the nuts, like you said. Um, so yeah, I think I might like a bet here, and I, and if I bet, I might bet right around fifty to sixty percent of the pot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This was a this was a spot that I I was surprised with, um, where I think I would I would like a bet as well. Um, in in. In, if I remember the video correctly, I remember him talking about this. He really, really um, respected or was quite aware of the small blind call and felt like that was screaming a lot of strength um, rather than screaming a lot of, um, you know, like, like hands uh, that that might've been a little bit weaker in their range would probably be raising there or folding. And that, that, that call felt very strong to him. Um, at the same time, we have a draw to the nuts. We've got top pair with second possible kicker. Um, there's a lot of good river cards for us. Um, and if we hit one of those river cards, don't we want to have built this pot a little bit more too? Uh, and maybe thin this field. Like I would love to thin this field and I'd love to build this pot uh, for the times that I do uh, hit, hit my club. Um, So, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to argue with one of the 10 best tournament players in the world who elects to check here. Um, And so did he, did did he indicate that he felt that the small blind would have, raised with a hand like seven eight i think so or no uh i think that's the one that he felt like you know might be the one that sort of like 
might be in the in the like not it might well actually no that would make sense as his raise if they, if he's going to do something as strong like some of his other stronger holdings if he's calling that might be the one that he wants to raise with i don't know i don't know i'd have to go back well and it's always that. it's always tough in a in a multi-way you know to to do that especially he's out of position right 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 it's an interesting spot i mean my gut tells me that it's a raise but I don't think I would have been quite 50%. Um, yeah. I was thinking 30%, but I, I'm usually off there too. So, Yeah, I like to, what I like to do, uh, especially on the turn, um, that's where I want to build the pot mm-hmm. in this type of situation. I have top pair with a very good kicker. I got the nut flush draw. I want to build the pot here, and I think it's too easy for them to call a smaller bet with a lot of garbage that could, you know, we could counterfeit us by the river. So I don't mind getting folds here, and I don't mind getting calls here, but I don't want them to make a call that is that they have the odds to make based on the hand that they have. I want want hands like six seven to fold right right which is a is a pair plus a gutter it's like you know it's a weak pair plus a gutter i want that to fold and i I think you have to size up to get that kind of hand to fold right makes sense um but the other the i mean the other interesting thing about about this spot is when we're I don't know when we have this sort of read where we're going to be checking here. When we bet here, when since we have ultimate position as the button, we have a lot of ways in which we can bet on the turn. And then, if we don't hit our club, it might just check back to us, and we can just tap the table and see if our ace queen is good. Um, which is another reason why I, I am often betting in this situation. But again, right. I'm not arguing with the best one of the best players in the world. Um, and I, you know, I think he would probably, you know, sometimes mix this as well, but I think he's up. I think there's probably a, a recognition of being up against a very strong under the gun opening range that bet into four players and being up against a small blind range that feels a little bit like, wait, why are you calling this? That, that seems a little bit, odd to me and i think that probably is what turned him into a check but what i really want to talk about here is the river um so it again it checks around and the river is the two of hearts so our final board is ace of spades nine of diamonds six of clubs five of clubs two of hearts our clubs do not get there we're still holding ace queen um on a rather innocuous board um and the pot is still 22 big blinds. And now the small blind bets less than half pot, but nine big blinds into this pot. Um, and the under the gun player folds and it's on us. Um, thoughts? First thought is two hearts didn't change anything. Yep. Now, if this if the small blind had value and he checked, he was hoping to see a bet from either the under the gun or us so that he could check raise us on the turn. 
Yep. He didn't get his he didn't get his wish because now he's betting out. So he either thinks that we've totally whiffed and under the gun is totally whiffed and he's going to make a stab at this with his nine eight. You know, um either that or he's got seven eight. He's sitting there with seven eight or a hand like ace nine or ace five. Mm-hmm. Ace five probably more likely than ace nine even. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, it's uh this is like a coin flip to me, yep. of whether I call or not, because um he could be doing this based on the fact that we both folded or both um checked on the turn um, and just thinking that we're weak enough that he can make a stab at this and we'll fold or he's got the goods and he was hoping to get a check raise. So it's like, ah, it could be either one. Yeah. Well, one of the things, uh, and now I'll tell you, you know why. So uh, Javier folds this. Um, And one of the things he talks about in this is something that we talked about last week as well was that, Having those two clubs in his hand are really bad on this river. Um, there, that's the worst combo of ace queen that you can have in your hand. Having one club is bad. Having two clubs is worse um, because it means that our opponent, their the number of bluffs that they have when they make this bet are reduced significantly. Um, And I would argue that the queen of clubs is even, is more significant than the ace of clubs. Um, But they're both, they're both not great because they, they make it so that our opponents uh, are less likely to have bluffs in this situation. And that is why he elects to fold this hand. Um, Based on the dynamic of it being multi-way of having that under the gun player, uh, already representing that strong range and having that small blind come along and then having the small blind lead out here. He just deduced that there aren't that many bluffs in their range. And if you can reduce the bluffs, the value that they are leading with here, he, he at least thinks that they're not leading a hand like ACE 10. You know, there's not, there's not value that is leading out on this river that we beat. So we're only beating the bluffs. And now we're saying they have fewer of those bluffs. And so therefore, even though it's a small bet, even though we've got top pair with queen kicker, we act, we end up folding. And to me, this is, this is, this is like really interesting and really worth taking a look at because I would bet that, Many, well, certainly myself included, many of our listeners never give this a second thought and probably put the chips in the middle. And, you know, sometimes they win uh, on the times that people are, are, are bluffing, but more often than not, they're actually losing in this spot and they are potentially not even thinking twice about it. They're just being like, well, what could I do? I had an ace. You know, but I think these are spots that deserve some attention and and we want to pay attention to these suits that we have and looking at where are our bluffs, our opponent's bluffs coming from and 
if we prevent them from having a bunch of them and we don't think we beat any of their value, suddenly these hands that be like, what could I do? I only, I had, I had an ace on a, on a really kind of dry, clean board. They can turn into folds and, and we can sort of sleep soundly that we folded those in some of those situations. That's at least my really, really tough spots. I mean, my first instinct is call. Right. And I, and I go broke here. I mean, that's the problem. They had, they yeah. just don't bluff on the river. So. Yeah. I think that's what we talked about last week is, and especially in the tournament that uh, Eric was playing in um, when, when somebody bets on the river, the first thing you have to ask yourself is what do I beat? Right. What do I beat? Right. And then when you get to the level that we're talking here with Jalviera, um, he's playing a 5k, you know, eight max at the WSOP bracelet event, you're getting a lot higher quality of player. And one of the things that GTO has taught us is the uh, percentage of value to bluffs. So the more you bet, the more bluffs you can have, the less you bet, the fewer bluffs you can have. If you want to play a, a balanced range, as they say, right? So these guys are probably in that category that mm-hmm. they are going to be playing uh, based on their um, their buckets, their their betting buckets. So they're going to have X amount of bluffs for X amount of value hands based on the size of their bet. Now, this was less than half a pot, so he's going to have to have much more value to the number of bluffs he has. And then you add the ace queen of spade or ace queen of clubs and say, okay, these are two valuable bluffing cards that are in my hand. So I'm blocking the bluffs that he could have. So the number of bluffs are so few that Jiao made a very good decision and folded. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this hand. Just it, not even, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, he might, this might not even be like, like, I think like sometimes you could find this call and it would be totally reasonable. Um, what I love about this hand is that he doesn't just take it for granted. Like it's like, he's capable of making this fold in this spot. And I think a lot of people are not. They're just like, ah, it's only nine big blinds. It's less than a half pot bet. I've got top pair. What am I going to do? I'm going to call, right? And I think sometimes I think we want to be we want to be at least capable of having this thought process and thinking through these things and sometimes finding this fold. Uh, and that's that's what I really love about this hand and why I wanted to bring it in to complement this one because the suits in these last two weeks of these episodes have really mattered. We have ended up with the combo that we really didn't want to have. And that leads us more towards folding in these spots. Uh, All right. Anything else? All right. Well, with that, uh, I want to thank Rob and Bob for joining me this week. I want to thank you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Uh, And thank you to the Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino. Thank you to our Wrecking Crew members uh, and everyone else who's taking part in Red Poker. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week.